Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hi, Mujerones. I hope you guys are feeling amazing today and ready to talk all about wealth, abundance, and everything that is going to help us really level up when it comes to our finances, our money mindset. Today, we have a very special guest, Lucy King. She is a wealth coach and founder. And today, we're going to be talking about how to heal your relationship with debt. This is such an important conversation, especially for us Latinas. There's so many things when it comes to relationship with money and debt and all of those things that I feel will really help us move forward. Lucy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia. So I want to first talk a little bit more about you and all of the amazing things that you're up to. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what got you to build your amazing business? Yes. So my well-building journey started in 2019 when I was pregnant with my first, um, actually my second baby. And I have, I had an amazing top executive career that just looked so good on paper. I was managing a 2.5 million company. I had employees that were under me. However, when I disclosed with my boss that I was expecting my second child, he literally told me like, oh my God, now you're one of those women in the company with that problem. Like your career is just over. And his words really brought back a lot of money trauma that I had that I actually didn't know I had. Like I've never heard of money trauma. I didn't know I had it. And because I had the privilege of having a husband who makes good money, I came home, had a conversation with him. And I said, that comment broke me. Like I, I feel so funny in my body and I just don't feel safe going back to this place. Right. And so my husband is very supportive and he's like, Lucy, I want you to think about it because I don't want you to make me decide for you. Like you have to decide what you want to do. So I thought about it for maybe two more weeks and I just didn't feel good. Like when I was going back to work, I remember walking into the office and just I kept hearing the comment, like, you're one of those women with that problem. And I just didn't feel good. And so I decided to quit. It was very hard for me to live my whole identity because I worked so hard to get this job. I started working for the company when I was 16 years old as a part-time housekeeper. And so my whole identity was around that. And because my husband and I were, um, getting ready to just build something bigger than you know our parents ever had my husband is also a first gen and so we start talking about let's get out of debt let's go do this right and so we were faced with okay we paid off two hundred twenty thousand dollars in a student loan debt in 36 months what is next because we have this belief of oh we made it like we paid off debt Woohoo! we're financially free right didn't realize that that was just the beginning of our well-building journey and I went to seek financial advice and I was told, well, that's great that you paid up debt, 
but then come back when you have $100,000 to start investing. And that was almost like a slap on the face, like, oh my God, like I'm going through this identity crisis. We just paid off day. We're buying a home. Like, and now you don't want me. And so I'm not a quitter by any means. So I decided to go find another uh, solution. I reached out to another financial planner. And this one told me the same thing. You need to have 100000 And I was just like, oh, I'm so angry right now. Like, I'm not saying this to her, but I'm thinking this. So I look at her and I said, out of curiosity, how many clients do you have that are Latinas or women of color? And she told me, oh, I have zero. I just don't seek those demographics. And I look at her and I said, thank you so much for your time. Walk away. And as I'm coming out of her office, I started crying. And I was like, how is it possible that we work so hard, but yeah, when it comes to building wealth, we're not good enough, right? So I'm I'm crying now because I was so upset. And I said to myself, I'm going to become the, the wealth coach that is going to teach my community how to pay off debt, but also how to build wealth. And that's how my business got started. Wow. Oh my God. I love this so much. And I think I really, like, there's so many things I, I was just typing away while you're talking because there's so many things that really, really come up for being first gen, right? And then just your experience alone of the idea that motherhood and becoming a mom, you can't really seek the same goals that other women have. Like, that is so sad. And I'm so glad that that experience empowered you to now help other women who might be in the same position, right, to really step into that. So I wanted to get into a few things. And the first thing is I want you to help us understand, like, the difference between a financial planner, a uh, money coach, and a wealth coach, because I just love the idea of wealth. And not necessarily focusing on just money, but like our relationship, our mindset behind it. And I know that you help your clients with all of that. So can we first start with that? Um, just what a wealth coach is? Yes. So a wealth coach, which is me, is someone who helps people learn about their finances. And I've always loved saying that is through a holistic lens. In my case, I love helping clients identify things like their money blueprint. Why? What are those feelings that they have about money? Where do they come from? For example, I disclose that I never knew, I've never heard of the word trauma of money. I didn't know I had it. A lot of us don't even know that we have that. We're just, you know, moving through life, pretending that it's just maybe a mindset thing that maybe it's a, maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe it's imposter syndrome, but there is such a thing as trauma of money. So I help my clients through a holistic lens. And then a financial planner helps people with actually doing things for them. They say, okay, you have a hundred thousand. Most of them do require a hundred thousand to give you advice on, okay, let's look at how much money you need to invest for retirement. And here are the options for you. So they get to decide for you what is inside your investment portfolio. As a wealth coach, I like to teach my clients, this is what investing is. This is how it looks like. This is the verbiage around investing. And this is how you can manage your own investments to fully understand the overall picture of how you can build wealth. 
Some financial planners only focus on investing. They don't teach you about debt management. They definitely don't talk about money mindset, the money trauma. They're just numbers people. So that's a way to look at it. And then a money coach is someone who specifically just touches on, let's help you make a budget. Let's help you pay off day, right? Like, I think now we're seeing more money coaches that are doing um, some of the mindset work as well, but some of them are just numbers people, right? My money philosophies are very different than most uh, financial planners and also money coaches. Like, I don't believe in frugality. I don't believe in saving up your way to wealth. I'm like, no, we have to invest. We have to be comfortable leveraging debt. And one of the things that I've always talked to people is when Latinas borrow money, it's called debt. But when our counterparts are borrowing money, we call it leverage, right? So if we truly want to build the amazing wealth for, for us, first of all, for us as women, and then for our families and our community, we need to be comfortable leveraging debt taxes, investing, all of these things that other people are just like, sure, it's just another day. Let's do it, right? But because we haven't been exposed to seeing these things as a tool, we're like, uh-uh, my daddy said that I, I have to save up. So I have to continue to do that. So I teach my clients a lot of the unlearning um, and the cultural conditioning. And I call it decolonizing our money mindset or our wealth. I love that. I'm getting so excited because I really love these type of conversations because you're right. We're not really exposed to it when we are not um, creating or building a business. Like I feel like I wasn't truly exposed to all of this until I took over my family business. And so I started building my own uh, as well. So I wanted to go back to the idea of Latinos, or I guess the fact, right, that Latinos work hard, but we don't build wealth. And I saw that time and time again, after really stepping into the family business, and seeing like how much money my parents were bringing in every year. And none of it was really being invested or saved. And it was just crazy to me, right? Because we grew most of us first generation, we grew up seeing our parents hustle. And, you know, we we really admire that of them. But it's like, how how do you then get to the next step? And I love the idea of that you brought of like seeing debt as leverage, right? And like changing the narrative of when Latinos get in debt, it's not debt, it's, it's that leverage is that like, how do we grow? And I want to kind of get a little bit more into that. What would you say is maybe like the steps that we can take to start changing that relationship with debt? Yeah, that's such a great question. So one of the things that I will suggest is explore what is your current relationship with debt? And a great way to do that is actually go back to your parents and interview them about, hey, mommy, hey, daddy, or however you call them. You know, even if we're like, you know, both of us are like <laughs> older now, but we still call our puppies that, right? We're like, mommy, daddy. And so ask him like, what are your thoughts on that? Right. And then listen to the feedback that they're going to give you. And it's very likely that they're going to come back with, wow, don't use it, Miha. Like, it's bad. Like, you don't want to do it, right? Like, and but if you use it, make sure that you're doing the payments every month and make sure that you get rid of it, right? So if someone 
someone listening wants to leverage debt, the first thing they need to do is to increase their debt capacity. So what amount of money that you borrow will make me make you feel comfortable? For some people, it's going to be, oh, I'm more than comfortable borrowing $10,000, right? Because their income, cap uh, their debt capacity, excuse me, is very, very, very small. Some people will say, I'm going to borrow $100,000 and leverage that to build my business because their capacity is expanding so much, right? So start there and also have a plan like, what, why do you want this money? What is the purpose of this day? I love teaching my clients um, actually how to create a financial roadmap using an income purpose method that I develop uh, specifically for Latinas so they can see the difference of looking at money with purpose. Not just like, okay, it's just meant to pay bills, right? Or it's just meant to pay debt because it's not. Money is such a good abundance of energy and we need to be comfortable with that. So get clear on that. Why do you want to use the debt for? Do you want to build a business? Do you want to build your casita? Like, what is it that you want? And then from there, do create a plan on, okay, how much time do I have to pay it back? And how, how am I going to feel? And how do I want to feel when I'm using this money? Yes, I love that thinking about getting clear with our relationship with debt and money in general, right? And I think that when I started doing a lot of money mindset exercises, and even going back to like our early childhood, and what we heard in our household about money, what were some of the things that your mom and dad taught you about money? That is so powerful. It, it really brought so much to just realization, right, of how I was conditioned to think about money and if money is bad is is money good right all of those things um aside from like having a conversation with our parents about debt what is something else we can do to really bring that to to our just like the money trauma that you were talking about as well like what are some of the questions we can ask ourselves to really get clear on like what our relationship is with money currently Oh, there's so many. So I like I like journaling about debt too. Mm -hmm. Like just how we journal about money. I like to journal about debt. And because, you know, we have to heal that relationship with debt to increase our debt capacity. Because when you do spend that time journaling about things, asking, you know, your beautiful brain the right questions, your capacity is going to keep expanding. So let's say that someone listening right now has a lot of debt. And because of society, la cultura, and capitalism, mm -hmm. we have been conditioned to see debt as this monster that is going to come and get us or this little great cloud that doesn't go away, right? And it feels heavy. It's like, almost it like we're ashamed of it, right? Like we would never want to admit. <laughs> yeah, we are very shameful of debt. And so the first step will be forgiveness, right? Like what mm -hmm. are the feelings, the emotions that are coming when you look at your debt? When do you even think about it, right? Because some people can't even look at it. They're like in financial denial. Like, I don't even, I know I have a student loan debt. I know I have credit card debt, but it's best not to look at it, right? So mm -hmm. start by journaling about the forgiveness portion of that. How does that make you feel? And then move into the awareness phase. Like, how would your million dollar mind look at debt? What actions will they take? Because million dollar minds are not like avoiding debt, they're looking at it, right? Like, 
okay, let's see how much do I have? What's my student loan, excuse me, student loan debt? What is my credit card debt? What else do I have? So creating the awareness and always checking with your body, right? Like, how do I feel? If today I feel depressed, if today I have my, you know, the, the month, the time of the month, don't check your debt because you're probably going to cry. You're going to be like <laughs> a hot mess, right? So checking with your energy. When I look at my money, I play music that makes me feel empowered. And then from there, just get clear on what day do I want to pay up first? Because people have this idea of like, my God, I have $50,000 in debt and I have to get rid of it all at once. It's like, no, yeah. think about it like eating an elephant, right? We wouldn't just go and eat an elephant all at once. Like we probably have little bites here and there until it's gone. And so debt is the same way, like break it down into what are the things that you need to get rid of first. If this podcast resonates with you and you are ready to stop playing small and you want to take meaningful actions to bring your big goals to life, but you feel like you don't even know where to start, then I invite you to apply for private coaching. This is the most intimate way to work with me. Inside private coaching, I help you get clear on your goals and together we create a roadmap on how you are going to get there. This is for you if you want to start a business, or a passion project, if you want to reach the next level in your life, or if you are the first in your family to break generational cycles. We meet once a week and you get access to me on Boxer so you are always supported. This offer won't be around for long, so if you're interested, I invite you to apply using the link on the show notes. All right, amiga, let's get back to the show and I cannot wait to talk to you. And what are the things that you just need to see with? Like for my clients that I coach that have a student loan day, they feel this urgency of like, I just want to pay it off. And I said, why? Because it makes me feel horrible. Well, what can you learn if you sit with it for like two more years? And rather than using all of this cash that you have, you actually invest it. Mm. Because investing uh, pays, you know, uh, greater interest than if you were to pay pay off loans because most loans have like a 4% if they're federal versus a stock market that gives people up to like 12%, right? So what is your debt trying to teach you if you just sit with it? Yes, that's so good. What would you say would be like a rule of thumb? And I know that it's obviously very much every person is different, right? According to your goals and everything. But is there like a rule of thumb of like the debt that one should have or one should leverage when they're building a business or when they're, you know, going after the career that they they went to school for? Like, I'm, I'm and I guess maybe we can focus more on business because a lot of times like that's, um, that's something that you can borrow in order to build your business. But what would you say, it's like a rule of thumb. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yes, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, so like I like I said earlier, like I, I'm a very like break the rules kind of wealth coach. So I actually don't believe mm. in rules. Like I am a rule breaker, Ooh, right? I love that. But yeah. What I like for people to understand is that they doesn't have moral value. Like we're always here, other personal finance people say, there's good debt and there's bad debt, right? Like credit card debt is such a bad debt. Uh, student loans in a home is good debt. And it's like, mm. no, we're we're telling people the wrong message because debt doesn't have moral value. 
you are not intellectually or morally failing if you have debt. What I want people to do, especially those business owners, is I want them to think long term. What is the purpose of your business? What is the mission of your business? And not just think about, I'm going to do this business for a year, right? Go into your business with the mindset of my business is going to be so successful. My business Mm -hmm. is going to change so many people. My business is going to even fund my retirement accounts. And when you go in with this identity of, I'm going to say a bad word, I hope this is okay. Like I'm a chingona and I'm just going to do it. Your business is going to flourish. So there is not like a rule, right? However, I do recommend that when you start your business, you focus on the things that are going to create money because society and capitalism has sold us on this idea that if you want to have a successful business, you have to have a business website. You have to have a branding. You have to have a thousand followers, 10,000, right? And it's like, no, those things do come and will come for you. You're going to have the most beautiful website. You're going to have the most beautiful branding. But at the beginning of your journey, focus on the message and the service that you offer. Like if you are Mm -hmm. someone who is a coach, focus on coaching people first. Get comfortable uh, increasing your income capacity because people are going to pay you more, right? You might think like, oh, I'm going to charge 500 and all of a sudden, people are like, I want to work for with you for 5000 So focus on receiving the money. And then after that, create a plan. Okay, if I make $10,000 in six months, I'm going to put $2,000 away for my business branding. And then I am going to apply for a credit card so I can leverage the points so I can create my business credit but then you already have the reserve to come and pay it off. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things that really, really stood out to me is like um, the debt doesn't have moral value, right? And like how not being scared, I think especially when you're creating and building a business or anything that you're working on, slowly you start to open up that mindset about, not being afraid to invest, right? Whether it's like getting a little bit in debt so that you can afford these things, right? That requires you to get a business started. And I think there's also such a huge mindset shift around investing that money on your business, on yourself. Like for me, it was, I want to say probably the number one thing that really shifted for me was the moment that I invested in a $12,000 coach where I was like, holy shit, like this was never something that I even imagined doing, but it's also helped me really show up. Like there's no turning back, right? And especially with what you said, when it comes to the long term of really being patient and showing up and doing all the things because you know that this business or this project that you're building is long term. So what would you suggest would be something that can help us really step into that like CEO identity when it comes to money, right? And not being afraid to invest that money in ourselves. Um, I know for some people, like maybe like seeing the numbers, right? And planning, but sometimes 
when you're a visionary and you have a big vision, all of those things aren't said and you don't have all of that on paper. So what are some of the steps that you can take or or some of the things that you can do in order to feel a little bit more at ease about the investment? First of all, I think that everyone needs to invest in their self, at least in a lifetime, because we mm. grew up not seeing that, right? Like we grew up seeing our moms, our tias, just like, doing it all like they were the cook the cleaner the mom the wife you know even the ones like doing so many more things so we as first gen have a huge privilege of not having to do it all because there's so many resources so owning the identity of it is safe to invest in myself and then coming back to what I said earlier that I struggle with the analogy of like good debt versus bad debt because most financial financial gurus will say don't use credit cards like they're so bad that's bad debt but what if you have to use a credit card to pay for therapy what if you have to leverage a credit card so you can hire your coach that is going to help you move to the other side so i always say like just don't listen to the traditional advice that wasn't created for us traditional financial advice was meant to continue to see us latinas as the help we're no longer the help we are the ceos we're running businesses we're building well so own the identity and do look at your numbers, but look at your numbers, not even from a place of, wow, it's math. Because wealth building has nothing to do with math, by the way. <laughs> it has zero to do with math. So look at your numbers from a place of what is this money going to create for me? First of all, for you, because we want to put ourselves first. What is this money doing for me? What is this debt doing for me? How am I going to grow? And then think about the impact. If I launch my business or when I launch my business, what is the, the impact that is going to create in my community? Because that is what money is meant to be used for. It's meant to create impact. So no more being afraid of money, no more being afraid of debt because it's just energy. Mm, I love this so much, Lizzie. You have no idea how like this is <laughs> resonating so much. <laughs> Just recently, I was in a place where I felt like a lot of the investments I was making, especially this year, were not really making sense on paper. Because um, for those of you that don't really follow um, Mujer on Movement, I mean, I'm sure you are if you're here, but I we are doing like pop-up events this year. And that was something that for me, like I knew was going to stretch me a little bit more, right? Investing in this, uh, in these uh, smaller events, obviously we were selling tickets and all of that, that we would be able to make some of the money back. But I knew that some of those investments were probably not going to make sense at this moment. And I want you to support us in like that mindset, right? Because it, it going back to like what we were talking about and I love that you said it's not about math because I think a lot of times we do think about that. I'm always like, okay, I'm going to spend this much. I'm going to make this much. Okay, how does it make sense, right, when it comes to the math? What is something that we can really just sit on and like lean on during that time of building because that's when it really gets tough right like when you're in the season of building of investing of really going into um building for the future it can become a little bit hard 
what are some of the things that you do in that season that can support us through not being afraid? And I guess it's kind of like a hand in hand question to our last one. Um, but maybe in a more, uh, maybe a more tangible way of what we can do during this time. The first thing that I would love for everyone to do is become the best student. Like, especially if you are working mm -hmm. with a coach, trust your coach, you know, because we're not that good at trusting people because our parents were like in such a big survival mode. They're like, don't trust anyone. You're on your own, right? Yeah. We're no longer on our own. Like you have to trust the coach that is there for you and become the best student understand that what they're teaching you is very likely the things that they already done. For example, I paid off 220,000 in a student loan day in 36 months. I teach people how I did that, right? Like the mindset, the steps. I also teach people how I've been able to create over half a million wealth portfolio in five years, how I'm diversifying my investments and my income, right? So first, again, trust the coach and then also understand that just how your life, our life has seasons, your business also has seasons, right? So what are the seasons of your business? When is your business bringing so much cash flow? And can you have some reserves set aside with your business systems? So when you're not making the revenue that you want, you know, with events like the ones you're talking about, it doesn't matter because the clients are going to come. They're not going to come mm -hmm. in May if you're selling tickets for, for May, right? Some of them will come to your events, but it's very likely that six months from now, they're going to come back and say, okay, Sonia, I'm ready for you to coach me now, right? And so always having that reserve because your money has that. That is, that is how we use the income purpose method. Your money's like, hey, I'm coming and I'm so big, but I want you to put me on this bucket. So when the season of your business is low or you feel like you have to take time off, you know, three months off your business, it doesn't matter because I money have your back and I'm going to help you. So one of the things that I do suggest people is I look at my money once a month uh, on the fifth. Like by the fifth, I have, I look at my business numbers, my personal numbers, and I already have a purpose on how I want to allocate the money. And there might be times when you think no one is buying from me. I'm not coaching. I'm not signing anyone, but people are watching. People want mm -hmm. to, to come work for you. Maybe you just not sharing the right, um, the right message with them at that time. So spend time thinking about what does my client want to hear from me today? What can I say um, that is ethical? Because I'm all about like ethical sales too. Like what can I say that is so ethical that is just going to inspire them and help them take action today? Yes, so good. <clears throat> so good. I, I feel like one of the biggest things for me is trusting the process, right? And I love that you say like trust your coach, especially for those of you that have invested because a lot of times I think we go back to like the excuses of, uh, well, she had this or she had that when you're in the thick of what you were talking about, when you're not getting clients, when you're not moving forward the way that you wanted to. It's so easy for us to fall back. And I think this is when like the money mindset is so, so important because then we don't show up and then we quit on ourselves, right? And that's when 
people no longer see you and the clients that you are talking about that will come in the future, then how are they going to come if you're not showing up? So I love this idea yeah. of like just really trusting the process, showing up, the money mindset behind it. Thank you so much, Lizzie. This has been amazing. So can you tell us how people can work with you and where they can find you? Where do you hang out most of the time? Yes. And thank you so much for having me. This this has been such a great conversation. Yes. I just love being here. Uh, thank you, Mujerones, for listening. And people can find me on Instagram at Say Hola Wealth. Um, I am on a mission to help more Latinas decolonize their money mindset and decolonize wealth because we we are investors. We can create generational wealth. And if people are interested in working with me, I am open for one-on-one -on -one coaching for six months. And it is a process where I coach people all the way from money mindset to understanding how the stock market works mm. and their business owners. How can they leverage their business to start investing? How can they legally hire their kids through their business so they can start building generational wealth? And I'm all about, you know, community over competition and let's build wealth home us. Yes, thank you so much. This has truly been amazing. I know they're going to get a lot out of it, our mujerones, and I myself got a lot out of it. So thank you so much. Mujerones. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Mujerones, gracias for tuning in. I hope this resonated with you. I hope it inspired you to start your wealth building journey. And ya saben, we are here for you. We can't wait to see all of the amazing things that you will build. Keep shining and keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.